We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a beat poet. Name. Name your. Name your price. Ah, a tool, an idea, an inspiration. To do more than just say what you want to pay, oh no, but to see the options that could fit your budget. Steve. Steve, enough bongos. Find car insurance that fits your budget at Progressive.com. Makes me want to dance. Steve! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Because this is a guy who doesn't always wear shoes and apparently that's a problem. Brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, EFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Ware. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is game week 12. Oh, First week, we're going to do our new DraftKings lineups for the Daily Dose with the new rules that Andrew will, of course, fill you in on later on. Uh, We'll go through game week 12, which has some interesting games and some not interesting games. And depending on which slate you play over the weekend, you'll have some uh, varying degrees of depth here. 
But uh, before anything else, an update on Slippergate. First of all, tremendous responses to uh, to everyone's uh, to, from everybody last week after I uh, divulged my slipper story. And uh, after much consideration, I actually did go buy some slippers. Oh, true story. I cannot make this up. So you know, I I go I go buy I go I look to buy slippers. I find something. You know, I show it to the hey, do you have this in you know this size? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a perfect Chelsea blue. And they go, you know, uh, like last year they were like one of our most popular and one of our one of our best selling uh, one of our best selling models. But this this year, it just they just don't seem to have it. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'll take three of them. <laughs> I'm like, these are the slippers I must have. And uh, no, they actually didn't have any left. They had complete. They had just completely just they're, they're completely done they're completely they just uh, all sold out hmm. so i had to settle for a syracuse orange version i will post a picture of them online uh but the slippers have been purchased and a uh a, and a nice little a nice little epilogue to the story um so i tell my wife about it uh you know about the whole thing and she instantly looks at me with this this, this skeptical look and goes i'm embarrassed that you first of all told that story, and secondly, <laughs> that you actually thought it was a good idea to go anywhere without any kind of foot covering on. Socks don't count. <laughs> Thank you, wife by Gotti. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the so she didn't even know that you did this. No, but this was like your method. No, of... it's just, just no, it's just just something that I did. I just I, I really thought it was fine. Apparently, it's not. I really thought it was fine. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> I thought it was included in the rent. Apparently, it's not. So you never did you ever have a thought that it was like not something to do until like how did this start? How did did somebody say something? It, you know, no one said anything, but people would definitely like look at me walking through the, like the through the the ground floor, like the public area, and mm-hmm. they kind of looked at me funny. So I was like, man, maybe it's the lack of shoes. <laughs> Also, I do wear some funky socks sometimes, but it's like I, it wasn't because they were funky socks. It's because right. I was wearing shoes. But you know, apparently, it's a thing. Like wearing shoes—that's a thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> like wearing, like, this is where you've come to the, the insistence <laughs> of wearing shoes all the time, even when you're technically at home. I, I think that's really the deeper issue: is that once you cross through the the front door of your own space. I'm not sure that technically can, is considered home anymore. Yeah, you've crossed the plane to yeah, the outside I, world. You know, it, 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 I feel like as soon as I walk in, I've reached the football over the goal line. Yeah, but Doesn't like, have... <laughs> I, I think in the situation of like, should I wear shoes now? Should fall in the same category as pants. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's that's where it's come. Oh God, I hate pants. All right, let's get on with it. Uh, Champions League this week, uh, basically. There was. Yeah, you know, it's basically the bizarro world out there. Chelsea are winning, looking like they're going to go through. Arsenal looking like they're not and getting absolutely destroyed. They're definitely not uh, going through. No well, way. Well, y- y- there's a chance. Let's not go crazy. No chance. Um, Zero. Very, very, very small chance. But what? Everyone keep when I was watching the Chelsea game, they always kept saying, "Is this the moment where this turns around their season?" And then and we've heard that so many times this yeah, year. And then Dinamo score, and then they go, "Oh, it's same old Chelsea." And then William scores another free kick, his fifth of the season. 
and they go, and then they third in the group stage of the yeah. Champions League, and they go, oh, this is the moment. I'm like, you can't just keep saying that every time Chelsea <laughs> score a goal. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll get to Chelsea later on in the show. Uh, lots to get through. A lot of games. Um, you know, the first one is not incredibly interesting. It is a 7:45 in the morning game. Back to 7:45, not 8:45. Um, but it's uh, Bournemouth at home uh, against Newcastle. Two teams that are definitely going to need three points. Yeah. The looks like a Glenn Murray game. To me. <laughs> I actually tend to side on the Newcastle's um, part just because Bournemouth have been so bad defensively. Um. I'm not going to play probably the any early slate games just because this, you know, they're not like there are players I'm like dying to get out of this game. Yeah. I mean, sure, you'd look at Richie and uh, Wijnaldum. You like Murray. Francis, potentially. Yep. Uh, I think even Mitrovic is a decent play here, but this one, if I if I didn't work in the industry, I probably would skip this game completely. <laughs> Definitely the betters are skipping it. There's not a lot of money going down yet. Like, yeah, I... I assume that's the case. I mean, this one very easily could have a ton of goals in it. So I guess if you look at it from that side, you know, it could be an entertaining one, but I feel like it's going to yeah, be a lot of goals. Say, people say that but when these offensive teams get together, they honestly, they, they tend to be really conservative. I'm not sure these are offensive teams so much as just poor defensive teams. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's f- fair enough. I don't want to spend too much time on it. It's not that interesting. And most games won't be playing it. Our DraftKings game that we'll be doing our daily dose for, the Striker 15,000 GPP, yeah. uh, does not include this game. So yeah. I would just say, like, for for anybody with season long, like, if you have player attacking start, players yeah, in this game, starting, yeah, you'd start them. Yeah. You're starting your guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, an interesting name was, you know, Hayadara, who is one of those illustrious now 19 or 17 yeah. uh, players with double digit uh, proliferary stats. That's the way I'll put it. Um, <laughs> And he's not starting maybe, anymore. So yeah, he's not starting anymore. So it's hard. You know, it's, you know, maybe Daryl Yanmot. Uh, I don't think either goalkeeper is worthwhile here. Yeah, um, I think Boric actually is going to be benched. Yeah. So, so or Federici. Federici. Yeah. Which yeah. good luck. Yeah. All right. Uh, a game that will be interesting to me. One game that I'll probably keep a, a close eye on is Leicester at home against Watford, two contrasting styles, but they're getting it done uh, for what their what their goals are for the season. Uh, Leicester just all-out attack, and Watford have all-out Odion Igalo and, <laughs> you know, a decent defensive record. Um, you know, being at Leicester, do you think Watford can surprise some people and possibly take three points, or is this one just as lopsided as it appears to be towards Leicester? I think it's I think lopsided, but I don't think that we're going to see like a clean sheet. I don't, so I, I have, you know, full confidence of starting Igalo. He's probably one of the only ones, I guess you could look at Dini also, but uh, Igalo has got the upside. And then there are actually a few guys that, um, that throw in a decent number of crosses. I think Gerardo or Urado, however we're pronouncing it, has taken over the corners and those count as crosses now on DraftKings. So, um, that can Only be... if they cross it in. Oh, right, correct. Sorry. So, so Chelsea corners. Are... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's, you know, you might be able to find a little value there, but, um, you know, any any Leicester attackers, I'd, I'd be all over. I think the, the Leicester attack far outweighs any sort of defensive stand by Watford. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's Odion Igalo, Riyad Mahrez, Jamie Vardy, Mark Albrighton. Yeah. Baby Jeff Slup, if you're feeling... 
you know, saucy about it. Yep. I like it. <laughs> yep. But that's, that's about it. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't use, uh, you know, in the new DraftKings scoring guys like Alan Miam would be someone to look at. Nathan Ake, the Chelsea Loney. Yeah. He looks great. Uh, he looks like somebody that should be playing for Chelsea right now. Yeah. Who knows? Come January. <laughs> I uh, think we all know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Either way, it's. I think there's. I think there's talent on both sides here. I just think that with Leicester, it's hard to justify going with a Watford defense. That you I know, they're not going to score a lot of goals, so it's hard to get offensive production out of them, and they're probably not going to get a clean sheet. So it's just hard to justify. Yep, I think. But other, that's exactly... otherwise, in the new scoring, I, I would be pretty pretty excited about playing Watford defensive players. Yeah, they, they they're going to average a lot of points outside of this matchup. Outside of the yep, match. yep. But yeah, full steam ahead. Leicester attacking options. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Manchester United, full steam ahead attacking wise. They scored a goal. <laughs> First time in five hours. Forever. So uh, it's of course the, by the much maligned Wayne Rooney this yeah. season. Um, going up against Tony Pulis, not exactly the marriage you want to go up against when you're having a, a goal problem, but. It, David De Gea has been touted, you know, one of the top goaltenders this week. He's the highest price for uh, the the Saturday day slate, not the early games, but yep. the, the Saturday slate. Oh, I assume he'd be more expensive than Federici and yeah, Elliot. Uh, probably, but they, they they don't. I'm just saying they they're they're exempt. Yeah, I, I I'm all in on um, United attackers. I'm a little swayed by Marcos Rojo, who had 23 points in the for in the Champions League um, game that they had on I don't remember if they played Tuesday or Wednesday Champions League's all a blur at this point but he sent in 12 crosses and he cl- seems to have that um Luke Shaw spot all to himself now so he looks really good so I would definitely consider him even though I also really like Solomon Rondon goals in two straight he's a little goal dependent but the you know he's he's the guy. I think you're if you compare him with Barahino, you know they have Barahino a little more on the wing, and I I just rather the guy who's playing a little more centrally. But other than those two, I'm hard pressed to find a guy on West Brom that I like, which is why I'd be comfortable with a Man United defender. Paying up for De Gea is a a little tough to swallow, given a few other options though. Yeah, a guy like Marcus Rojo maybe someone you can think about. Right. Um, uh, is Darmion? I was gonna say Darmion's a little banged up too. So. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he also hit the yellow card uh, limit as well? I think he's suspended. He might be, might be. So he, uh, actually, I think he served that. Or he served it last week. I know he was up against the yellow card suspension route, but just uh, you know, for Manchester yeah. United though, you're right. Midfield, he is out. Yeah, for that. I thought so. But the midfield for Manchester United has been tough uh, to, yeah. to kind of predict. I mean. You know, if they move Rooney back, that means Ander Herrera probably plays out of position, if at all. Uh, Juan Mata is always an enigma wrapped inside of a mystery. And how Jesse uh, Lingard is getting playing. Jesse, time. I told I, I told you last week he's looking good. You did looking sprightly. Yeah. So it, it's it's something Manchester United they're tinkering with that midfield right now, which makes me want to not play any of them. Yeah the the only one I've I would be. A little comfortable with his Mata, but like you said, like he can just disappear yeah. at times. He did have a, have a pretty good look in a Champions League game. I don't even remember who they played. Moscow, CSA, CSK. Yeah, yeah. But the 
Yeah, you're right. There, there's just not a ton. And even at that point, like, do you really trust Rooney or Martial that much? Like, it's weird that you have all of these, like, seemingly great options, but they just aren't putting I much do. together. I actually do. Both of them? I mean, no, not the same, but, like, one, either of them? One of them, but I, I don't want to give it away yet. Oh, fair enough. They may or may not be on my DraftKings team. So if Lingard starts, would you take him? I would strongly. It's depending what position he's considered. I didn't look for. He's him, a midfielder, really. twenty five hundred bucks. Uh, on I draft believe games. he's going to be considered a midfielder, which definitely makes him attractive. Okay. Yeah, it makes makes him attractive. It's it's if he starts, I'd be strongly considering. That's okay. the way I'd put it. Yep. But he'd have to start. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not something. You, you know, I, I, there are some players like Nathan Redmond where you know if I put Nathan Redmond on my team, even if he doesn't start, I still think he'll get points. <laughs> like I may I may not take him out considering his price. Right. That he may or may not be on the team as well, <laughs> but uh, we'll 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 get we'll get to him right now. Actually, let's get let, let's transition into Norwich uh, versus Swansea. Excuse me, versus Swansea. Uh, Norwich at home. Uh, I'm assuming that you know at, you know last week they played against Manchester City, so Redmond did not start, um, which you know probably is a smart thing if you're trying to get one point, but you don't have to do that against Swansea per se. So. Uh, I think that Nathan Redmond is actually a decent play. Cameron Jerome started last week and scored yeah. against Manchester City, so that ruined a lot of people's days. <laughs> uh, it also ruined a lot of people's days who picked up uh, Jumercy uh, Bolkani. Bolkani, yeah. So um, now you don't know who's going to start up there. And Swansea, Andre Ayew has, been, has gotten off the schneid recently, but Baffetimbi Gomi still not, uh, still slumping. So this game seems to me that Bol- – uh, it's it has one one written all over it to me. I agree. Yeah, that, there's not, not much high score, not high scoring, and probably not very defensive. Right. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good way to put it. I really like Robbie Brady actually in this one with, was, the, with the crosses. So sorry for stealing your thunder on that one. You're totally you're you're, you're just you're totally stealing what I'm trying to do yeah. here. Yeah. The uh, like you said, Jerome scored. I think Bocani's a little banged up, but. Either way, Gomez looked awful. He had a wide open opportunity against Arsenal last weekend. Was that last weekend? Two weeks ago. He did uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, and last weekend was Manchester City for them. And he just totally muffed it. And he looks awful. Look, he kind of looks like the player that um, was there when Boney was there, and there was like this idea that they would be able to play the two of them. And then Boney left, and Gomez started, and he just didn't look. He was terrible at the beginning finally like got his feet under him and started playing well played really well at the beginning of this season i think it was four goals in his first four and i'm not sure he scored since then and there's nothing watching him there's nothing that makes me think that i should you know take a flyer on him that and that's what it's come to like i think you're taking a flyer on gomis if you're starting him even at norwich oh yeah 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 well actually swansea was i believe arsenal last weekend so yeah. you may have been right right off the bat on that uh it was so you know, it's it, for Gomi. Yeah, it's just it's tough. It's a, it, it, this should be a matchup where he where he flourishes, but um, you know, Whitaker and Russell Martin have been good as a central defensive pair. You know, in terms of handling the bigger guys. Yeah, speed is where they get caught, and, and he's not much of a speedster. Not much of a speedster. Uh, yeah, and that those Norwich central defenders, they can actually get up and score on set pieces too. I mean, it's yep. not, Norwich defense is an interesting, interesting bunch. That's the way I'll put it. <laughs> and there are some that score a decent amount of points on the new system. Yeah. 
Yeah. Potentially, you, you might be hearing more of them. Ah, <laughs> there it is. Daily dose. You just, you just might. Just drawing that one out. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the next game here, which is uh, Sunderland at the Stadium of Light, uh, playing against Southampton. I just feel like it's ironic that Sunderland, the Northeast, has the Stadium of Light because it always rains. But uh, <laughs> the sun probably you know, that's British at for you, I guess. Um, Southampton coming off the big uh, South Coast Derby win. Yeah, and uh, with the clean sheet as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all steam ahead for them. But, you know, Sunderland last weekend played with like a back three slash back five. Yeah. And I have to say they were really good to watch when they were, you know, in the first half of that game. So last weekend they played against Everton and they mm-hmm. gave up six goals. So I don't want to <laughs> say that it's like 100% effective, but um when they it could have easily been two nothing Sunderland very early you know van van onhold hit the post yeah uh and i believe and Stephen fletcher hit the post before eventually yep. scoring they, i mean they had their chances early and they were using that width very nicely him uh you know yedlin and van onhold were doing a great job providing width and you know with better players i feel like there could be other teams Chelsea that could use a system like that to much better effect but I was really impressed with the way they came out in that game and they could have easily nicked a couple goals right at this right at the jump they definitely look good attacking the the problem was is that this team has always been horrific defending and Big Sam decided to go with this it was essentially three center backs which we saw Liverpool do a little bit last year and he had Van Anholt and Yedlin out on the wings. But the problem is is that, I forget who tweeted it, I'm assuming it was some sort of beat writer over there, that basically this was a team that needed to simplify things defensively, and he way overcomplicated it with this three-man back line because if you give DeAndre Yedlin an opportunity to attack, he is going to absolutely blow off defending. And this is not a team that can blow off defending particularly against Everton, who's, who've been playing really well, especially with your boy Runakone, you know, starting. and Tell you, when both him and Lukaku play, yeah, they score. Yeah, and so basically taking, going from four defenders to three was just seemed like such a huge mistake, and they totally paid for it. So I, I, I can't see how he could have watched that game and thought, let's do that again. And so I'm not sure we're going to see. I think, I think all new things, they take time to implement. I, I think it's actually a good thing. I disagree. Is the long and short of what I'm trying to say. Okay. I actually think that it is a good thing. And yes, it'll take time. And if you make something, you know, making a four-man backline more simple, that doesn't get more simple than that, is my point. Uh, I think you need to utilize the talent in the ways that they are best suited. And when you have three center backs, even if you, uh, with none four, of which are great, <laughs> fine. Th- there's your pro- th- that could be a problem. That's a problem with four man or a three man or a five man backline. Neither of which hide those two the center backs. You right. need those. Now, the reason why you would go back three slash five is because you know Van Onholt and Yedlin they're bad defensively whether they're staying back or whether they're also going forward. Yes. Right. So. You know, as good as they are going forward, they are just as, as bad staying back. Now, there's two things you can do. You can either put in more defensive fullbacks and push them up into the midfield, which they are unlikely to do, correct? Yes. 
So if you're not going to do that, what you can do is you can, you know, still have your, you know, you can still kind of occupy the middle of the park with those three defenders. Plus, you know, you probably have a central defensive midfielder and then like Jan, Jan and Vila who takes up space effectively. And yeah. he's a good defensive player, actually a really good motor. So, you know, you have essentially four guys there that can play defense and, you now have these two guys on the wing that can give you width and also an outlet pass because most teams are going to attack you from the middle. So it's, if you get your line right in terms of offside, then, you know, which is harder with three than it is typically with the two with the fullbacks just looking in, um, you know, that part's harder. But other than that, which is the complication, but it has nothing to do to me with Yedlin and with Van Onholt. Because they're 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 bad defensively, whether they're staying back on purpose or by accident. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I, I long and short was I disagree, and that was the reason why. Okay, you're you're certainly entitled to that opinion. <laughs> Your objection is noted. Completely <laughs> disregarded. Perfect. All right, Southampton. It's hardly side. disregarded because I will continue okay. to bring ignored. that up. Ignored. Fine. Ignored. Politely ignored. <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, on the Southampton side, Dusan Tadic, Graziano Pele, Sadio Mane, all doing well. Especially Pele. Uh, it's got to be the hair. So, of course. Um, probably, you know, you're not going to stray from those three options if you have them in season long. And you have to think that they're pretty decent bets in terms of a, a daily play, right? Especially Tadic. Yeah, I think Tadic has the lowest, the excuse me, the highest floor of any of them because he does, he kind of moves all around the field. I think Pele is just very goal dependent, which is fine because he keeps scoring them. You know, he takes a decent number of shots, so you know, it's not like his floor is literally zero like some we see some other guys. But Mane, you know, he does draw a good number of fouls, he crosses like a little bit, but Tadic is the one who you know is over every every corner and usually is sending in a bunch setting him up for assists. So I think he's kind of the safest play with Pele likely the one to have the, well, actually I was going to say Pele had the, the multiple goal upside, but I guess you could say the same with for Mane. So I would, I'd probably put them together, but with Tadic a little higher. Yeah. I mean, especially with the new scoring, Tadic, That's what I mean, yeah. Tadic does more in yep. the new scoring. So, and I'm more, I'm definitely on record as a Mane guy, but with this new scoring, he, I think you have no choice yep. but to. The problem is that Tadic sometimes doesn't start. So, <laughs> you know. well, that that I mean that hasn't been the case this year. Yeah. So we'll see. So, yeah, uh, I think that's it's... where I like. I, I like all of those guys. I would, I, for I, yeah, as much I, as the attacking is, I'm I'd be perfectly fine with Southampton defenders and Steffenberg. So who would you start first, Ryan Bertrand or Stephen Fletcher? Bertrand. I'm I'm much more on Southampton than I am Sunderland in this one. Man, I, I, you can't argue with the numbers from Stephen Fletcher since Big Sam's appointment. Yeah, that, that's fine. I'm not sure they. Yes, he has been better, but I still think Southampton are much better than uh, than Sunderland. The Sunderland attack versus the Southampton defense. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you, but Stephen Fletcher, I just. Yeah, that Defoe goal last week was, or was it Monday, was excellent as well. So, so Spursy against Arsenal. Totally. No, Everton. Just Everton. completely out of nowhere. Everton. That's yeah, sure. 
sure. Wh- wh- whichever way you want to put it. But when Defoe <laughs> was on Spurs and everybody played Arsenal, that's what would happen. Yes. Anyway, uh, well, let's move on, though. We don't need to make this a Sunderland podcast. Uh, West Ham are at home against Everton, two teams that shockingly are just like each other to me. Yeah. Um, they have a star midfielder, Dimitri Payet, and you know, uh, you know, Ross Barkley, is, he's cooled off from his hot start, but um, you know, definitely have you know, maybe not as much of a star forward in terms of Diafrasako versus Romelu Lukaku, but um, West Ham defensively, you got to think they're a little bit stronger, though. So I mean, I think these teams, these two teams, are pretty well matched and. At Upton Park is a place that West Ham have been playing better recently. Not they haven't been good all year there, but they've been playing better recently at home. Uh, I, I, do, I don't. I don't even know if any goals are going to be scored in this one. To be honest, wow. though, there are some star forwards here. Well, I think Sacco was ruled out. I think I read that today, which means yeah. your boy Andy Carroll might get the start. Does that change your opinion? Does that mean five goals are going to be scored? <laughs> it means that there's definitely the possibility of. Uh, it means Cresswell. To me, it means Cresswell and Jenkinson's value go up. That's what it means. Why would those go up? Because they're going to cross. Oh, they they haven't really been crossing that much this year. It's Andy Carroll hasn't really been playing this year. Yeah, well, that's fair. But I think the crosses they're not, come I mean, from. They're not going to. I mean, Andy Carroll is not Christian Benteke. He played into his feet. Not not great. Great things aren't likely to happen. <laughs> so just by the nature of how they have to play. They're going to get crosses, whether it's him or if it's going to, or Mo, Victor Moses' value may go up. That's what Dimitri I was. Pies definitely elevates, but it, it's Dimitri Pai doesn't need his, that value to go up anymore. It's, he's already expensive. So, well, I, I was going to make the argument that that's where the crosses come from. Pai and Moses, they're not going to come from Cresswell and Jenkinson. Billich seems to be much more comfortable having those guys stay back and defend, which is why it's kind of weird that their prices are still so elevated from. Because Cresswell, um, I guess Cresswell probably takes a few. Well, no, he doesn't. Like, he's kind of hit or miss on the crosses because it's Paye who's taken the corners and any free kicks out there. Like, he's taken those from Cresswell. So, while you'll get a few from those guys, I feel like paying up for Paye is, is worth it because of these so many peripheral stats. You really think that they can't score on Everton? I mean, Howard, Tim Howard has been horrible this year. They gave up two to Roberto, Sunderland at home. See, here's the thing. Roberto Martinez loves to have the ball, and Slavin Bilic will let you have it. Okay. I think, And I think Everton have been much better with the ball this year. Last year they made – they led the league by far in defensive mistakes that led to goals. Yeah. They have not done that this year. So – Yeah, I just – I have – seeing how they play defensively – you know, Brendan Galloway instead of Baines. Not that Baines is all that great. They're now missing Jagielka. You know, Coleman's kind of been a shell of himself. You, the John Stones talk seems to have quieted down as they've been very poor. And there's talk that Howard could get benched. So I'm not sure why you wouldn't attack those guys, you know, with playing on the road. I, I just, I guess I just have a, I guess I have a gut feeling. An Odeon okay. like gut feeling. Okay. Um, Do you think it's 0-0? Zero, zero? I don't. I, I just don't think there are a ton of goals here. I just don't. Okay. So you uh, should I have think, defensive options, like you said. But you. Yeah. But what about on the Everton side? You'd rather. I mean, Seamus Coleman's going to be more expensive than I think that he's worth. Yeah, but Galloway is a decent one. But Leighton Baines returned to training last week. Fair, fair. So you don't know if Galloway will play. Yeah. And if Leighton Baines is playing, I don't know what condition he's in. 
Um, He's pretty expensive still too, anyway. Exactly, and he didn't he didn't get that big price drop that people probably would have wanted to play on first game back. So Ramiro Funes Mori in for Jagielka. I mean, that's a pure clean sheet play, but yeah, season long, that's what you need. Yeah, uh, don't I know it? Last week I played against him. So <laughs> whatever, it's it's he didn't get it. Right. I week. think I, I think there's going to be a little more in this one than you do. Who do you think? Who do you think scores here? Do you think both teams score? For yeah, example, I d- yeah, I do. I, I guess because just... West Ham, I, I think the way that you know, if Lukaku and Kone start, then you know they've obviously been playing. It's a big if. Sure, it'd be tough to bench a guy after a hat trick. So if they start, you know, those that's where that's when they score, and. It's mostly about Everton. I think those guys can score on West Ham, and I'm not sure that they can keep Paye or Moses out. I'm much more comfortable that way than I am starting somebody like Carroll or if yeah, I doubt I th- he's. I think I think the first quarter of an hour, the first 15 minutes, are going to be very important for this game. What tempo is set there? Okay. Um, you know, I, you know, I, just, I I think that West Ham are going to really focus in on those two options if they both start and they have guys that can shut them down. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's kind of the, the way that I'm going about it. Um, yeah, that's the best way I have. That's, that's the way I see it. At least, um, I, I will be happy to be wrong cause I hate watching nothing, nothing games. <laughs> um, I actually likely will not be watching. I'll probably be watching Lester Watford at this time slot. So, yeah. um, We'll find out. Uh, so this game, we're a little bit opposed on it. So we'll definitely see if that actually affects our daily dose uh, picks in a minute. But let's move on here to the last of the 10 o'clock game. Oh, sorry. Uh, that was last 10 o'clock game. Let's go to the 12.30 game, which is uh, Stoke at home in the Britannia against Chelsea, who are coming off their second longest winning streak of the season in one. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's whatever. Uh, six losses in their opening 11 games. The fans are still behind Mourinho, which is just shocking. Um, he now, will not be there for the match. Yeah, of course not. But Does that change the lineup at all? No. Do you really well, feel Well, let like me rephrase. Mourinho's let me rephrase. Good? Just because he's not in the building doesn't mean he doesn't say, hey, Steve Holland, here's, right. the, here's the lineup. Here's the lineup. Does Ivanovic start? Is he healthy? He was on the uh, – he's almost – he, he, he trained this week. Yeah, uh, no. God, I hope not. I, so you I, went from no to I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I really, no. No, just no. So does Zuma I really stay? Like, at... dude, I think you need more than a week of training. Okay. So Ro- uh, Rockman started the Champions League match. And I think he looked good. Which they of won. Course, of course, let's be honest, it's against the Ukrainian team. It's yep. not exactly the Premier League. But Baba Rockman, for the first goal, I watched the highlights of it. He had a phenomenal cross to set yeah. that whole thing up for the yeah. own goal. Um, yeah. that wasn't the, William the width, the width that they had on both sides with Rockman on the left, and then Willian and Aspilicueta, whose crosses were so much more accurate because he cannot cross with his left foot accurately, no. not consistently. No. Which is why he should be on the right side, which is where he naturally suited to play. I, I really think that Ivanovic, if he does play, I think he'd be more welcome next to John Terry in the middle. Yeah. Well, that's not happening. So I don't even want to discuss that. But do you think Rockman starts again? I, I if if it were me, yes. Yeah. You know, 
That's the only, that's the only way I can put it. If it was me, okay. yes. And to be fair, you know, Chelsea also have another young defender that they're not playing in uh, Gila, uh, Gila mm-hmm. who it was ex- who was pretty decently expensive as a summer buy, and has tools. He's he's quick. He and he's physical. Uh, he's big. He's in the role. He's in the mold of a Kurt Zuma. So, um, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll see time this year because I don't think Mourinho wanted him. But someone, to, someone to, you know, someone who I think should at least, if they continue to struggle defensively, should be given a shot. One of my, or one of the things that I'm looking at now of how fall, how far Chelsea have fallen, that Eric Peters and Glenn Johnson, Stokes fullbacks, are two of the top six priced defenders on this Saturday slate. Well, that's also because of their stats that they get. It's not, it's not just because of the matchup. They don't, it's, it's not. The, the, these weekly prices are very matchup dependent. I mean, they're well ahead of guys like Darmian. I and... really liked the starting 11 that they put out there. Uh, if they, it, you know, with Willian. Yeah. I wouldn't put Oscar on the other side. I'd put Pedro or Hazard there, but. Yeah. Um, it, it's... Hazard still plays one. Right, yeah, but will William on the right has I would put Hazard in the middle to be honest, and then put Pedro on the left. The issue that I have with that is that Hazard seems to play. I don't, I don't want to say like he plays selfishly, but like I don't, it's okay. Uh, he never man. seems to want to. He, he doesn't, he, I mean, that's just not why he's there. He's not there to like sell Pell, Pell, Pellegrini said that Chelsea, Chelsea plays selfishly, so it must be true. <laughs> the I just don't think he necessarily plays a style that is conducive for setting other players up. Yeah. And so putting him in centrally, I think. All right. So who's the top, top Chelsea option? If Hazard and Costa start and Willian. It's Willian. Yeah, it's Willian. Still think it's Willian? Yeah, okay. no doubt. All right. And on the Stokes side, you know, you mentioned them. Glenn Johnson, Eric Peters. Would you dare start them? <sighs> I know you thought about it. I thought about it, of course. But I just... Uh, I like Willian a little too much. And on the flip side, though, I wasn't sure if I would start anybody from Stoke, which is why I then started thinking about Rockman. Like, does Stoke score? No. No? No. Wow. All of these defensive troubles, and yet, no, they cannot score? Uh, they shouldn't score. The way, that's the way I think. They shouldn't score. <laughs> a lot of teams shouldn't have scored against Chelsea this year. What about no, Ramirez? No, that's not true. That is not <laughs> I, I won't say that. Here's the thing. It, of course, it a little bit depends on the lineup, too. Where Chelsea have been so uncharacteristically vulnerable is on set pieces. Yeah. And I think that Very the way that Stoke... Li- the, yeah, exactly. The way that Stoke lineup is typically not geared towards that route. Except for except for Shawcross, yeah. You know, okay. so it would, it would have to be a corner or right. a very attacking set piece. Okay. Maybe I'm talking myself into Ryan Shawcross. Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's you know we we we've gone on long long enough about Chelsea all, all season, mostly because I keep whining and complaining, trying to cut that to a minimum today. So. Um, any value play here on the Stoke side to you? Uh, keep in mind that Marco Van Hinkle cannot play. Well, he hasn't been playing anyway. That's another Chelsea guy who hasn't been playing. So I just figured I'd mention. I... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. Perfect. 
No. Chelsea side, you already said it, Willian, he's actually going to be a value play given DraftKings pricing, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the matchup at, on the Sunday slate that everyone's probably going to take advantage of is Manchester City on the road at Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. Aston Villa need help fast, oh, and gosh. Manchester City is not exactly the way you get it. Nope. Um, all options, Manchester City go. <laughs> you know, On a Sunday slate, you're probably going to pay the top price for almost all those guys and you know, try to skimp and save elsewhere. Yeah, I wonder, actually, I was going to say, normally, like, if Aguero and Silva were fit, uh, I wonder if we would have seen them rested. And given, like, the way that, how much Yaya Torres had to play lately, I wonder if he'll be rested. De Bruyne uh, was on the bench for the Champions League match this week, which kind of threw off a lot of people's rosters. So I assume he'll start. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little rotation here because they've played a, a good number of matches so far in the last few days, and... Like you said, they're playing at Aston Villa, so I don't know. I th- this one will be definitely one to watch lineups because you can, you know, if Ianacho gets a start, like I don't see why you wouldn't all over him. Yeah, so uh, someone like that or Samir Nasri, you know, if he goes in and can play the number ten or something like that, or um, you know, Navas is obviously going to be pretty heavily looked at because of the corner or the crosses. Excuse me. So I don't know. I think we might see some, but I, there's not a single Aston Villa player I would touch on this slate no way yeah i don't want yeah basically i would start as many manchester city options as i can yeah, and as options as i can that's yep. really all i can say yeah input manchester city name likely to be in my lineup yeah okay uh the uh, sunday slate also includes the big one uh this is the one that most people are going to be watching uh for a variety of reasons one because it's an awesome derby Secondly, because both teams are you know, at near the top of the standings, Arsenal at home against Spurs, the North London rivalry. Take it away, Andrew. I'm sure you have thoughts. These games are usually not as exciting as people make them seem. Oh, I set it up. So it I, right I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, they're just kind of from a, you know, an outside perspective, like you don't necessarily you know derbies are fun because you understand them and you know i'm obviously not from london so it's not like i have this like innate hatred for tottenham because i happen to support arsenal but these matches are just they're like grudge matches and so like every so often there'll be one that you know has a few goals and it's kind of back and forth but otherwise they're just kind of like you know dog fights that aren't that fun to watch arsenal's missing like a good number of players that um i'm not going to say though you know Aaron Ramsey or Walcott or Oxlade Chamberlain would have made a huge difference after the, you know, and getting blasted by Bayern Munich. But those are three like very important players. And they are now playing Joel Campbell, who I will say looks pretty good, but he's not any of those three. So, you know, they're missing some important pieces and are coming off getting blasted. I don't know that obviously the way they respond is, you know, who knows how they, how they will. You would, you would think that they will respond well. Uh, we're taping this Thursday afternoon. Tottenham, I think, is about to beat Anderlecht in the Europa League. So, Woo. yeah, there you go. But who I think beat Arsenal last year in the Champions League, if I remember correctly. Um, who did it? I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, so I think from like a an outsider perspective, this one actually won't be as exciting to watch as everybody wants it to be. So I'm actually probably not going to have a ton of guys you know i'll f- i'll fill up my lineups with guys from man city and the other game i can't tell you how disappointing that is really do you disagree to build that up. really tried to build that up for you no um 
I think I think that there will be goals. Uh, I wouldn't pick a defensive option here. That's okay. for sure. Okay. I wouldn't pick I wouldn't pick Peter Check or Hugo Lloris, even though they're both playing very well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bellerin, who's been a popular pick of mine, probably not. Eric Dyer has been a popular pick of many, probably not. And you know, when you move up from there, there's definitely some options. Uh, who's your top pick from this game? If Giroux starts, probably Giroux. He'll definitely start. Uh, Giroux, Alexis Sanchez, Lexi Sanchez has to be one uh, up there. He hasn't been scoring enough for me recently outside yeah. of the one game. So, so you, so you think they're both above Harry Kane? Oh my God, yes. Who Even also, though Harry who Kane also scored, sunk me, he also sunk scored me in today. the EFSA League. Yeah, in the ninth in the last kick of the game. I was, yeah, he scored today uh, too. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying he's he's in better form than anybody. I guess Olivia Giroud has been playing pretty well, but yeah, um, yeah, I agree. The it's just not. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one. Yeah. Other than I don't think it's going to be that fun to watch. You're just nervous because it's Spurs and you don't want to be embarrassed. But they were already embarrassed this week. Fine. More embarrassed. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the last game of the weekend, which I think is going to be a very competitive one. Uh, Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Uh, Christian Benteke looked good, of course, against Chelsea. So did Philippe Coutinho, finally, mm-hmm. under Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Crystal Palace, uh, I said it on Twitter last weekend, uh, you know, if they, and you countered probably, I said, you know, this is a team that, you know, if they can get, you know, they can get a lot of U.S. fans, you know, if they, you know, with, with the way that they play and the way that the, the fans are so passionate and the fact that it's, uh, it's not one of the top teams and, you know, all the people who don't want to be considered, you know, just front runners, they're going to be all over that. So did you um, remember how I responded? They don't score enough for people. I understand that. I understand that. I, it, but it's not just about the scoring to me. It's the way that they play. And they, I know strikers are not, you know, they don't grow on trees. But, you know, they can find someone who can score a goal from those guys. They really can. They're, they're so talented everywhere else that they can find someone that can score the goals is my point. So, you know, it, it, I, I think I said last weekend, I would, you know, Deba Ba is out there, and he wants to get out of Turkey. <laughs> he can score goals. You, I know you're just dying for Deba Ba to come back. Well, I mean, he's still in Turkey. Didn't he go to China? Who no. knows? Where he is. It doesn't matter. I think I thought he was in uh, Besiktas. Yeah, I thought. Hey, he may have gone to China. Who knows? He needs. He needs a way. Yeah, he's in he China. Needs, yeah, he needs Shanghai, a way. Shanghai, Shenhua. Yeah, he needs a way back to the big time. Yeah, he does. And he's played for Parja before, uh, successfully, may I add, at Newcastle. So it, it, it's it's a guy that makes a lot of sense, and the price would probably be right. Because Crystal Palace aren't going to go after you know like Kareem Benzema or someone like that. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> awesome. But, he's in jail now. But anyway. Well, you know, there's he's not perfect. Okay. <laughs> at least he's not Jared. I, I yeah the oh god the um wow we went there. The issue, yeah, that I have is that we keep saying, like, yeah, they just need somebody to, they just need a striker. But, you know, for this week, who, you know, who are you really comfortable playing for them at Liverpool? Are you fine taking all of the guys we've been playing all season, Kabai and Punchin and Balassi? I'm definitely comfortable taking Kabai. Okay. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I don't know. 
Um, they, they just haven't been consistent enough for me. Yeah. That's why I think the neutral American fan taking this team on is a long shot because they just don't score enough. We like goals here, Mike. We try to make the goals bigger and get rid of offsides. And I'm sure there was some other ridiculous rule, two balls at once, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I love Liverpool in this one. Why? Explain that. Because they're playing well. Larry King right now. (laughs) I think Klopp's figuring out who he's got. Benteke looks really good. Firmino um, has been playing really well. I think he scored again today. Like, I think these guys are starting to figure out how to play with each other under Klopp's system quickly. And so I'll ride that while they're doing it. And then Sturge will come back and mess it up a little bit. Henderson will come back and mess it up and all of that. But for right now, I think, uh, you know, they've got Coutinho, like you said, looks great. Milner is kind of playing his role that he's supposed to be playing, even whether he wants to play it or not. They're not trying to force Lalana to do anything other than kind of take up space. And Benteke again. <laughs> he's good. I've heard yeah. he's good. Yeah. People like him. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I mean, would you take Mignolet then? He would be my second choice on this slate. Yes. On the whole weekend? D- no, 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 for Sunday. For this three-day Sunday slate. Oh, yeah, everyone's going to say that. Um, Probably people would say Hennessy is the third best. Well, I guess, yeah. I didn't rank Mignolet now that I'm looking at it, um, which I will now say was probably an oversight. Yeah, well, this guy did. Yeah. (laughs) Good call. I'm the only Uh, one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because I love Jack Butlin that much. You like the cheese standalone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the Daily Dose. That's the perfect time, perfect way to get out of the game week. All right, so with the new system, uh, please explain the the, the couple of differences. Uh, Definitely the the number of people in the lineup have changed, but just go over quickly what the peripheral stats they've added. Yeah, I think we actually did lineups last week, but now now that we've actually, yeah, had some some time to play. So it's the same as before with goals, assists, shots, shots on goal. Crosses and fouls drawn. Uh, we now get an extra point per tackle, half a point for an interception, and we've got some horrible negative points, uh, including uh, minus half a point for a foul conceded. You lose a point for a yellow card, three points for a red, and five points for a missed penalty kick. That may have actually been there previously, but there was a missed penalty kick yesterday in the Champions League that it's essentially, when you look at it, it's a 15-point swing because you're you're not getting your goal, your 10-point goal, and you're losing five points for a penalty. Uh, and frankly, if you sky it, you're losing another point that you would get for a shot on target. So uh, so those are them. Uh, you'll also get, uh, you lose two points for every goal conceded for a for a goalkeeper now. That used to just be a clean sheet or, um, you know, one goal allowed. Now you're actually losing two points for every goal conceded, and you're not getting um, a point for uh, one goal allowed. So there's just a lot more going on. The roster's expanded to 11 now, so you can basically, you know, they put two utilities in, but you're basically, just like every other site, you're playing a 4-3-4, or, I mean, excuse me, 4-4-2, or 3-4-3, whatever you want to play. Um, That's kind of at your disposal now, but I don't know. I think everybody's still trying to feel out the the scoring, but ultimately you're going to have to look at guys who produce in these other categories because you know while goals are still kind of king 
you can make up a lot of ground with guys who now, you know, who send in a lot of crosses, which are now corners or set pieces as opposed to just the open play crosses, which they used to have. The move to Opta as the uh, stat provider kind of opened up that possibility for the crosses. So I think as much as crosses were king previously, they're even more so now that uh, that corners are counted. Yeah, absolutely. And the, definitely the shift was to try to get more players you yeah. know, relevant. Yep. I think it's also kind of a move for the UK expansion that they're just of course, of used course. to playing those. But yeah, I think, you know, if you're looking at two guys comparatively, who am I going to take this week? If there's one that takes set pieces or corners, like it's not, a, it's not even a competition at that point yeah. because you're just throwing away, you know, two to eight points that they would get on corners. True. With that in mind, uh, they still decided to use one goalkeeper, so they're pretty much <laughs> yes. useless. So uh, I'll start this off. I spent 3300 on Adrian, mm. uh, Everton at West Ham. Like I said, I didn't think there'd there be did. any goals in that one. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's the way that's the way I went there. Also, he's not that expensive, 3300 um, you know, considering, you know, who the other options are. You know, I could have, I was thinking about Fabianski at 3100 Who's your goaltender, by the way? Stecklenburg. Martin Stecklenburg at the hefty price of 3700 yeah. yeah, I'll say, um, and I think Alex Spaulding, who writes our weekly DraftKings uh, Premier League article, made the point that with the new scoring, clean sheets are, are pretty uh, important now, now that you're losing two points in addition to losing your clean sheet. So, uh, I don't know. Sunderland, you you your argument of Stephen Fletcher and Jermaine Defoe didn't uh, sway me to go away from Southampton. That's fine. I, I'll I'll save the extra money. It's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, I I just don't think that the 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 percentage chance of getting a clean sheet is not high enough where I would sacrifice the money. Okay. All right. My back three because I did not take a fourth defender in the utilities. Uh, Virgil Van Dyke. For Sunderland, or sorry, against Sunderland, Southampton. Mm-hmm. So I do agree that Southampton defensively are a good, good idea. Mm-hmm. But he's only twenty six hundred, which is why I chose him. Yep. Uh, I took Richie Delat from Leicester because wow. he's twenty five hundred mm-hmm. and he actually scores more points per game than Virgil Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, someone who costs even less than both of those two and scores more points on average than those two, Martin Olsen of Norwich. Mm. Yeah, Olsen was a popular pick two last week or two weeks ago and then yeah. didn't start, so. Well, you know, you, you got you to gotta take a risk. <laughs> especially, especially, well, especially for the contest for the 15K striker competition. The So, this is a big tournament. Yeah. So, there's going to be 5,750 people in it. I don't want people that everybody's going to have. And yeah, I don't of course. Think a lot of people are going to have Richie Delat and Martin Olsen. Yeah, no, you're, def- one of the two, you're definitely <laughs> definitely winning that one. Uh, I've got three guys that I think are going to be much more popular. Uh, I spent 3200 on Cedric to pair yes. with Stecklenburg. Thought I, about it. I had Bertrand in there as well. Uh, I eventually replaced him for Rachman, which worries me because... Because Chelsea just worry me. I've got eight hundred bucks in the bank though, in case he doesn't start, and I can just throw in somebody else from that game. But and then I spent three thousand on Marcos Rojo just because that performance on in the midweek just did a, enough for me to to consider uh, putting him in, thanks to his twelve crosses. Because yeah. the way the the issue that I have with this with my roster, which I'll keep going through, but also with this with this slate, is that we're missing so many upper tier players. 
because like we said, like Man City, Liverpool, um, Spurs, Arsenal, like they're all playing Sunday, even Crystal Palace. Like those are teams that we have been focusing on all season. So I feel like my, the team that I built has more floor than it does ceiling, which is like exactly what you don't want to do for a tournament. But anyway, uh, my midfield, I mentioned him earlier and I um, decided to throw in Gerardo because of the crosses. He had 10 points last weekend or excuse me, the last time he played, I think he's supposed to be back. I'll have to double check that. But uh, if he starts, then uh, that's 2,900 bucks that, you know, if he doesn't start, then I'm in trouble because finding a replacement at basically 3,700, which is what I would have left. You know, I'm looking at guys like Jeff Schlupp and Mark Noble, which, you know, Schlupp's not that bad, but they're not, they're not the safest picks. Um, but I went Robbie Brady at 4,200 because he sends in like 85 crosses a game. Um, and then I did Mark Albrighton who sends in 86 crosses a game. So I feel like I just went very heavy on crosses in the midfield because you can just, you know, that's the easiest way to get points in this, um, system. Yeah. Uh, the, can't complain, can't complain with that. So Robbie Brady is certainly someone who, uh, was one of the first people I actually had on my list. So, uh, I have now two people from Norwich, which kind of scares me. <laughs> But uh, I also have Willie on uh, one of the you know, again. These are people that as soon as I saw the price, I just you know I just clicked on them. It was just you know the, the way. The, yes, I know people are probably gonna a lot of people are gonna be on Willie on, but um, I think I took enough dif- differential from the defenders that if they all hit, then you you have to have everybody hit in these competitions anyway. So Willie on Robbie Brady, Riyad Mahrez, and then I also took one other midfielder and. This is, was actually the first name on the sheet to me because of the new scoring. And it's someone I mentioned last week. And it was Chico Coyote mm. from West Ham. This is not sexy. He's not going to fill up the sheet with you know a lot of offensive stats. But he will get the tackles. He will get the interceptions. He'll get, the, uh, he'll get the, all the peripheral stats that you want. And... He can also score a goal. I don't think that I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in this game, but he can score a goal too, and he can definitely score it on set pieces where Everton are very vulnerable. Um, you know, those are my four midfielders. So I did use one of the the, the midfielders uh, in the utility spot because I couldn't afford to have all you know couldn't afford to to have four four uh, forwards on here. Mm, I didn't even go. There. I have two midfielders as my utility. So yeah. We can go into that later. I just looked at Gerardo. Looks like he's not going to play, so yeah. I'll probably go with. Uh, I'll stick Schlepp in there for now, but yeah, Chico Coyote, by the way, three thousand. Mm. That's another reason. Yeah, that's good. He averages double digits. Wow. Just to throw that out there, that you know who just... else is in that range is uh, Jan Mvila, who I wouldn't take because I went heavy on Southampton, but yeah, it's, it's similar, similar type player. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Right, I think I'm onto something here. Maybe, maybe. All right, but uh, my forwards, I'll just I'll go right on ahead here. Um, there are three forward, two forwards that I think a lot of people may have because they're going to be not as expensive as the others. Odiani Gallo at 5400, uh, the price is too good. Uh, Jamie Vardy, who I'm sure everybody's going to have at 7200, and Anthony Martial mm. at 6300. So yes, I do believe that Manchester United, you know, offensively. If Mar- especially if Martial starts down the middle, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a lot of potential there because West Brom are just slow. So why do you like him over Rooney? Rooney's not quick. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I went. As, uh, you know what? To be to be fair, Manchester United looks better without Rooney. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. Not that it happens. Even saying that, but yeah, that won't happen either. Um, I also went with Igalo. Like you said, fifty four hundred. I mean, Leicester defensively, I'll. I, I would pretty much take, I, like whoever Leicester's playing, the opposing striker I think is in play, and Igalo's been excellent. Uh, I paid forty three hundred for Solomon Rondon, who has goals in two straight. Forty three hundred. The floor is very low with him, but it's, you know, the upside I think is pretty good, and I'm not sure, you know, if they if Manchester United starts daily blend in the back like they did uh, in the midweek, I think that could be a pretty big mismatch. Even if putting Smalling on him, I think uh, Rondon wins that battle. So I have those two, and then I paid up to my two utility spots. I did another kind of hoping for floor, but also tremendous ceiling. Uh, I paid seven grand for Dimitri Payet, and I basically went back and forth between Vardy and Mahrez and settled on Mahrez because... Uh, I think he just has a higher upside given the peripherals that he that he provides. So, you know, I think Vardy could, you know, whenever this goal streak ends, he's obviously not going to score in every game this season. Um, I think Mares at least gives a little more consistency uh, in in that upside. If that makes sense. It does make sense. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting with this first weekend of of the new scoring. And I, I, I'm second. surprised. Second week, excuse me. First of it, we know what we're doing. Yeah, for, yeah. In first, and they also have uh, they have adjusted, I think, a little bit the players to the price here more than they did last week. Yeah, I think, and I think that'll keep happening. Like, I think it'll be tougher to find um, some more, you know, value plays. I think that's that was kind of the biggest benefit of expanding the rosters and you know and the uh, scoring platforms is that you you know it's obviously opening up center backs and and uh, defensive midfielders for to just provide some points whereas those guys literally had like a floor of zero previously now at least you get a few points out of it although you obviously need more points to to win but you know deeper rosters i think is always a plus yeah yeah it's gonna be it's it's gonna make things a lot more difficult and you know, I kept thinking about it and, you know, I kept saying that, you know, everyone has to hit, everyone has to hit with these expanded rosters and these, and the, and the expanded amounts of the way people can score. I think there'll be more room for error. Whether you feel, let's say if you don't have that one guy who just goes absolutely insane, mm-hmm. you may have the opportunity to make it up. Whereas before you didn't. Yeah. It's an interesting point. I like that. And on that note, since I sounded smart and intelligent, we will end this episode of the Worldwide Fantasy Soccer Podcast because, quite honestly, I'm often not that intelligent. Hence, I don't always wear shoes when indoors. But uh, we can judge that for another time. Picture will go up on Twitter very, very shortly. I am at Sports by Gotti on the Twitter. He is at Rotowire Andrew for Andrew Laird. I'm Mike Gottlieb. We'll catch you next week. Good luck this weekend. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.